our Bibles open tonight. Welcome all those that are watching online and those that couldn't make it. Hopefully they'll get to see this. How many came to get a word from the living God tonight? Amen. The king that Dwayne was talking about. Let me see your Bibles tonight. Amen. Lift up them Bibles. We're going to be in Psalms if you want to head there to the book of Psalms. And I want to talk about decisions tonight. How many made some decisions today? Let me see your hands if you made some decisions today. Everybody made decisions from when we first got up. We decided if we were going to hit the snooze button or get up right away or stay in bed. We decided if, if uh, hopefully this was, everybody made the right decision on this one. We decided if we were going to brush our teeth or not. Amen. We decided if we were going to eat breakfast or what we were going to eat. If we were going to drink coffee or not, although that's not a decision for me. It's already made when I get up. Amen. And we start to make decisions all day long. And I want to talk tonight about how every decision matters. Okay? Every decision matters. We talked about family matters the last couple weeks. And that word matter matters has been in my spirit. And tonight I want to talk about it. Every, every small and every big decision has uh, something that comes behind it amen there's there's what's called consequences and uh, when we think about this um, I want to make clear tonight for anybody that might be watching for the first time or has never been to church that the best decision you'll ever make in your life is to believe in Jesus there's no greater decision amen than to believe in Jesus that he died on the cross for our sins that he came down from heaven and took our place and 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 make a decision that he's the Lord of my life a decision to surrender my life to him a decision to say Lord not my will be done but your will be done I want to live my life according to what you want my life to live and then think about this after you have made the decision to believe in Jesus to surrender your life to Him, to, to say, Lord, you're Lord of my life, then think about this. Every single decision we make after that should be related to that. Every single decision. Someone say, come on, brush my teeth. Every single decision should be, should be thinking about Jesus being the Lord of my life. How many know if we're that detailed, God can do some great things in our life? Because it's usually when we're not paying attention to the details and we're not paying attention to the little things, that's when things sneak up on us and get, get us out of whack or get us in the wrong place. And so, you know, this has been a saying that's been around for a long time. It's as long as I've been alive, almost that I can remember. What would Jesus do? People had the, the wristbands and people wore those and, and some, it's kind of one of those things that's been kind of worn out. But how many know it's still a good thing to think about? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? What, how would he act? And that, that should be the thought process that we have tonight about every single decision we make. Holy Spirit, we ask you tonight on this Wednesday night to visit us. We know you're here tonight. We ask you to anoint your word, not my words, but your word. I ask that what you've placed in my heart tonight would come out of my mouth and get to the hearts of your people and fruit would come out of this that would remain, that we would continue to grow during this Christmas season, Father, that we would make godly decisions, make good decisions. And we ask you to bless and anoint your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. How many tonight can think about some decisions you've made in your life 
that were good, let's do bad first, that were bad, and maybe to this day, you still are living from the consequences of that bad decision. How many, how many could say that you might be able to think of some things? That, that it doesn't mean it's not forgiven. It doesn't mean it's not under the blood. But you made some decisions when you were younger or, or maybe it was not too long ago or whatever. And it was a bad decision. And maybe it, w- it was a big decision. And, and today you're still living. I mean, I talk to people all the time who are talking about, I wish... I would have done that and I wish I would have done this different and I and I've been talking about that a lot in our in our last couple weeks on Sundays about the family how many adults here would wish that the kids and teenagers would listen to us so that we could save you from some pain because we've been through some things and and we wish someone would have helped us make some better decisions now how many made some good decisions Besides the first one I just said about Christ being Lord of your life, how many think about some good decisions you've made? Hopefully when you think about that, you think about the spouse you're married to. Hopefully that's a good decision. Hopefully as you're here tonight, that's not one of the bad decisions that you're still living with. Amen? There's that old saying, I don't know if they're the right person. Well, you have to become the right person. Amen. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I know some people in this place who, who came to be together with their spouse and, and love wasn't the first thing that came through their minds. There were some other things involved and then love came later. And now you're together, thank God. But how many know we've made some bad decisions? We've made some good decisions. And like it says in the Bible and like the old saying says, you've got to live with your decisions. Amen. So here's the thing I want you to think about. Before Jesus, think about every decision. Now that we're saved, how many believers do I have in here? Now that we're saved, every decision we make affects our walk with God. Every single decision. Because you might even say, come on, go back to brushing your teeth or you know, things like that. What's that got to do with God? What's that got to do with spirituality? What's that got? Every decision we make is connected to another decision. And, and a lot of times I've learned that what we don't do in the physical, we don't do in the spiritual. If we struggle with taking care of our bodies or brushing our teeth or having good hygiene or those kind of things or having a work ethic, we're going to struggle a lot of times in taking care of our spiritual bodies taking care of our spiritual hygiene and taking care of the so that it kind of goes hand in hand so we got to realize every single decision we make is connected to another decision and we make them all day long and and so if we come to the understanding that we're making decisions then they're important then we got to make good ones now think about this every decision now is about christ and it's for christ and it's building that block on Christ. But think about before you got saved, every decision you made was cementing your place in eternal hell. You weren't saved. You weren't born again. You didn't have a hope of eternal life with Jesus. And it's almost like you were already dead and every decision you made was just putting more dirt on the tomb, on your grave. It was just more chains on the chains that you already had. But how many are thankful now that when we, when we make, not if, when we make a bad decision, we can be forgiven. And we can fix the bad decision. Let's look at Psalm 25, verse 12 to 14. I'm going to give you some good scriptures tonight. 
says here, who is the man that fears the Lord? How many know the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the what? Beginning of what? Wisdom. Who is the man or woman that fears the Lord? So if you're here tonight and you fear the Lord, it says that person, that person who fears the Lord, he will teach in the way he chooses. He himself, that person who fears the Lord, will dwell in prosperity. I'm going to want to prosper. And his descendants, and this is what we've been talking about with the family, this really is going to continue on with the family tonight. His descendants shall inherit the earth. How many know the decisions that you're making and have been making are affecting, as we've been talking, your children? Some of you here are single, you're not even married yet, or you're married, you don't have kids. Your decisions are affecting your children. And you don't have them yet. Because you're making decisions right now that are, that are setting things in stone and they're, stump, they're blocks. Just picture every decision you make as a block in the house that you're trying to build for the Lord. And it says the secret of the Lord, the secret, how many like good secrets? Meaning secrets, things that, that not everybody taps into. Not a bad secret of you know, gossip, but a secret of, of, of a, like a secret weapon. When you have a secret weapon, like the Holy Spirit is thus, you have something that nobody else has, and so that's powerful. And so there's a secret here that says, The secret of the Lord is with those who fear Him, and He will show them His covenant. What, is, what does fear have to do with decisions? A lot. Because when you have fear of the Lord, you think twice before you do something. When you fear and respect something, and that goes hand in hand with fear, when you fear the Lord and respect the Lord, you think twice about doing something. I was, I was um, weeding the grass the other day, and I, we have Kristen's dog, Kristen and Dylan's dog with us, and he's the German shepherd, and another German shepherd, and this happened with my dog too, and when I'm weeding, they want to come over there and they want to bite the weed eater. They just try so hard and get so close and I want to let them just go ahead. I really do. And I really want to make the decision to just let that thing go and let them come up and cut their tongue and cut their lips. And, but then i got to go take them to the vet. So I make the decision to shoo them away, yell at them, get them away. But how many know that if, if they got that thing hit to hit them, they would never come back around near the weed eater again? Never. Because they would fear that. I was also burning some bush and doing some, some little fires. And it was interesting that with fire, because you can feel the flames, I didn't have to tell the dogs to stay away from the fire. They didn't come anywhere near the fire. There's a fear there that says I, that there, there's something over there that can hurt me. And when we start to walk in the proper fear of the Lord, we start to make decisions based on that. We start to say, this is something that's going to hurt me. This is not only something that's going to hurt me, this is going to hurt my kids. And, and it could hurt my kids' kids. So the decisions that I'm making, I, this is one of the things I want to hit home tonight. When we make decisions, we're not making decisions just for us. Every decision you make affects somebody else. Every single decision you make affects somebody else. And it all ties back 
to the decisions that we're making. How many are with me tonight? So here's the real key. One of the, the, really the thing I want you to get out of this tonight. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. The real key is if we're making decisions, I'm going to give you a key tonight on what, the, what one of the most important decisions you can make is every day. Okay, and it's this. One very, very, it doesn't mean it's the only decision, but it's a very, very important decision. Make the decision every day. Now, this is where we talk about a lot that we're not making good decisions on Sunday. We're not making good decisions just on Wednesday nights. We're making good decisions every day. Every day of the week. We're not just making good decisions when other people are around. We're not just making good decisions when people are watching. We're making good decisions all the time. Because those bad decisions that I make that I think nobody sees aren't hurting anybody else but me. Now they will trickle down and hurt others, but what I'm trying to say is you need to make this decision every single day. That you will not allow sin or the sin nature to govern or dictate your decisions. I'm going to say that several times. I want you to get this if you don't get anything else. If you want to, make, if you want to have a godly, prosperous life, you have to make the decision every day, and this goes back to a lot of what we've been talking about. And again, if you haven't listened or heard or weren't here for the last two messages on family, I recommend that you go back and listen to them. I've gotten lots of good feedback from these messages, and I know that God's been doing some really great things with it. But you need to understand that what we've been talking about is, is every day there's things being thrown at us to cause us to make bad decisions. Or to make decisions that don't seem so bad. And, 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 and social media and all these things are being thrown at us to where we, we, we don't even know what to do anymore. And, and we, we can sometimes now, especially the days we're living, as the Bible says in the last days, perilous times, deception and all that. Now, we, we, we can be, if we're not careful, we can begin to let sin confuse us. And confuse our decisions. I mean, you know, if our decisions are confused, then we're, we're going to have problems. If we're not clear, if we're not clear-minded, we're not clear-headed, we're going to make bad decisions. So let me say this again. Make the decision every single day. And, and the best way you can make the decision every single day to do this is to wake up in the morning and get alone with God. Set a time. Get up early. Get up earlier than you get up every day and spend some time with God, however that is with you, and pray and read the Word, and that'll help you make the right decision to not allow the sin nature to govern or dictate your decisions. I'm going to say it one more time. How many are getting it? This is the decision that will make you a, a victorious believer every single day. Lord, I'm not going to allow sin or the sin nature to dictate or govern my decisions. Meaning, I'm not going to allow the flesh to win in my decisions. Listen to what Galatians 5 says, verses 16 and 17. I say then, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. 
And you will not, this is a promise, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you are walking in the Spirit, listen, you cannot do two things at once, no matter how talented you are. The Bible is telling us here that if you are walking in the Spirit, you will not or cannot do what your flesh wants to do. You can't be doing at the same time what flesh and spirit want to do. One or the other is acting in your life every day. In your every decision. And it starts, not to beat a dead horse, but it starts with your decision to defeat your flesh to pray. It's a decision. I, nobody usually, especially after a good night's sleep, wakes up just saying, I can't wait to get to pray. Now, I'm not saying there's not days you want, you want to get with the Lord, obviously, but your flesh is not wanting to pray. Your flesh wants to go back to sleep. Your flesh wants to lay there and think about nothing. Or your flesh wants to turn the TV on and watch something. Or your flesh wants to just do something else, but it doesn't want to pray. But if you start to train your spirit to pray every day, then you can wake up that way because now you're not just walking in the spirit every once in a while you're walking in the spirit all the time okay so it says walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh watch this why why is this important for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish so how many see here in this word from god that we have a daily battle between the flesh and the spirit. And you can look back on today, Wednesday, and you can say, I won the decision battle today, or I lost the decision battle today based on how I walked in the spirit or I walked in the flesh. And it starts in the morning. If you start your day off good, it's usually going to end good. I'm not saying not have problems. But I can tell you for a fact that when I get up in the morning and I spend time with, in prayer with God, it doesn't matter what comes. I win. Because I've already won that battle in prayer. And I can trust God, as we're going to get into in a second, that the decisions that I'm going to make the rest of the day are going to be spiritual decisions. Imagine for a second, humor me. I know no one's life could possibly be like this, but if we woke up in the morning... And we want in our dearest hearts to make good decisions and we have the desire to do that. But we wake up in the morning and the first thing we do is grab our phone and start scrolling Facebook. Scrolling Instagram. Scrolling social media. Looking at YouTube videos. Whatever. Listening to carnal music. If we start doing that stuff, how many know that's not the right way to start your day off? You're probably going to lose the battle that day. Because you're starting it off doing what your flesh wants and so the rest of your day the flesh is going to dictate the flesh is going to govern and you're not going to be walking in the spirit you're going to be walking in the flesh and when you're walking in the flesh you make fleshly decisions i mean it's not that hard to understand but it is that hard sometimes to do you walk in the spirit you make spiritual decisions godly decisions you walk in the flesh you make carnal fleshly decisions it's a battle as that galatians says every day 
between your flesh and your spirit. Amen? Can I get an amen? What's the way that we win this spirit? David tells us in Psalms 139. What's the way that we make sure every day that sin is not dictating or governing my life? We get up and we say, Lord, as I start this day today, I want to make good, godly, holy, righteous, glorifying decisions. I want every word I say, everything I think, everywhere I go, everything I do, I want it to glorify you. But I can't do that by myself because I'm carnal. And you know that because you made me and you know how I am. So search me, Lord. Search me. Look inside my heart. Look inside my mind. Look inside my motives. Come inside, Lord, and know my heart as he already does. And try me. Know my anxieties and see if there's any, any, any smallest, tiniest little thing in me that's not right. And lead me in the way everlasting. Amen? And see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Imagine if we did that every single day. It's what we're doing physically when we brush our teeth. We're getting all, those, all that food off. We're getting all that bacteria off. We're, we're scrubbing our teeth. And, and why are we doing that? For, one, for good hygiene, hopefully, amen. I don't know about you, but I'm sure all of us have ran into someone with bad breath. It's no way, no. And no fun. How many know that stench stays in your, in your nose for a while? And you remember the person. You remember. And next time you go to talk to them, you try to back up a little bit. Try to stay away a little bit. Because you don't want to have to offer them gum. Amen. Whip out that gum in front of them. Would you like a piece? And then they say no. You sure? <laughs> Why am I saying that? Because that's kind of how we walk sometimes too. If we're not brushing our teeth, then that smell comes. We're not dealing with the sin in our lives. It's the same thing in the spirit. If we don't deal with that stuff, we walk around and we stink. We don't smell pleasing. We don't look pleasing. We don't act pleasing because we haven't dealt with those little tiny things. And then on top of that, it's not only the daily good breath smelling thing. It's the dentist bill and the dentist pain down the road. Kids, listen to your parents. Listen to them, or you're going to be, you know, my, my dad, Pastor Andrews, could come up here and, and, and show you his mouth. At 20 years old, lost all his teeth. All of them. He's had dentures since he was 20. That's a big bill, and that's a lot of years to have, te- you know, false teeth. And so if you don't deal with it, later on you're going to deal with it. And this is kind of the same idea. If you think about teeth, I preached a message one time called Dental Floss Sin. It's that little stuff that the dental floss gets out. That if you don't floss, the toothbrush don't catch it. And so what we're saying is, God, I, I, I kind of understand the big things. Those are kind of obvious. But can you show me the, the little attitude? Can you show me the, the little bit of jealousy that maybe I don't know I have? Can you show me 
that little spark of anger that I have that I don't realize? Can you show me whatever it is? Lord, show me those things. And then be willing to say, Lord, thank you for showing me that. I'm going to deal with that, not God. Come on, really? What do you mean? If he shows it to you, then you, you have to recognize it. Amen? How many would rather have the Lord correct you than somebody else? So listen to this. You have to understand. Did I read that whole thing? Yes, I did, right? You have to understand that when we make a decision, this is important. Every decision we make gives birth to consequences. Every decision you make gives birth to consequences. Consequences are not always seen immediately. Again, going back to your teeth, the cavities don't happen right away. Sometimes you don't even know they're there until all of a sudden, uh, you bite something the wrong way or drink something cold and all of a sudden you know. And then what do you immediately do? You wish you would have taken better care of your teeth. So there's something here to understand that when I make a decision, down the road, it could be tomorrow, could be next week, could be next month, could be a year down the road, could be 10 years down the road, there's going to be a consequence. This is why, as I said Sunday, we have to remind ourselves that there's no roof between us and God. Because I can get away with things temporarily with you, and you can get away with things temporarily with me and with our spouses and with our kids, but God sees it, and every action we take has a consequence. And at one point, I, I grew up with the saying, at one point, you're going to have to pay the fiddler. You're going to have to pay the bill, in other words. You're going to have to pay up. At one point, you're going to have to owe up to the decisions that you've made. How many are with me tonight? James chapter 1 shows us that. Verses 14 and 15. Each one is tempted. How many everybody know everybody in here is tempted? Each one is tempted when he is drawn away, and I want you to leave this up for a second. This is very key here. When he or she is drawn away by his own desires. This, this goes back to, especially young people that I've been talking to a lot lately, because I love you, and the older people, no exemption. This goes back to understanding, and, and, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I am going to remind you tonight, if you did, have not watched The Social Dilemma yet, to watch it at some point during this month. Facebook and Instagram and all these places tell you in this Social Dilemma documentary that they are putting things in front of you that they know you like. If Facebook can do that, how much more can the devil do that? Because the Bible says that if Facebook and Instagram and all these social medias are doing these wicked things, who do you think is behind it? Mark Zuckerberg? He's just a puppet. Bill Gates is just a puppet. All these people are just puppets of the devil. I told you that Sunday. Just like God has messengers and people who serve Him, the devil has messengers, people who serve Him. And so they're going to put things in front of you that are your desires. In other words, let me just give you an example. I have never in my life ever been anything close to an alcoholic or a drug addict. So no picture, no 
alcohol bottle, no drug sat in front of me in any way, shape, or form is going to entice me. Because that is not what gets me. And so the Bible teaches us here that our temptation comes, and this goes back to the doors that we opened up when we were younger. You're a product of the doors you opened up when you're younger. Young people don't open the doors. Don't open them. Listen to these messages and save yourself a lot of pain and suffering and and possibly hell. Don't open the doors. When you are enticed, when you are tempted, when you have a desire to do something, that should be a bell going off in your head telling you this is the devil's working because he knows what you like. I'm mean, getting what I'm saying. He knows. The Bible says he's the prince of the earth, prince of this world. He's in the airwaves. He, he has messengers. Uh, remember, a third of the angels are working for him. We don't have a number of how many that is. It's a lot. But a third of the angels in heaven fell when Satan fell, and they are working. Now remember, Satan is not omnipresent. So he cannot be everywhere, but his messengers can be. His demons can be going around and moving around and and listening and and enticing. and, and, And there's a spiritual warfare going on, which goes back to that very first thing we read in Galatians. It says our spirit and our flesh are at war with each other. And so let's continue to see what this next verse says. And when desire has conceived, I just said a minute ago, your decisions give birth to consequences. When your desire has conceived, in other words, when you don't deal with or make the decisions you need to make, it's going to give birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. You see that? So if you don't deal with it, it's going to come back to haunt you. It's not going to go away. It may lay dormant for a while. I was driving down the road from our house the other day, and how many have ever seen possums? They're straight devils. I hate those things. Thank God I don't see them as much out there in Bridgeport. When we lived in Corinth, in the city, we saw one almost every night on our fence. And our dogs would go crazy. The back fence of the house we lived in was totally scratched up from our dogs scratching that fence to try to get to those possums. And they just go, <laughs> knowing that dog can't get to them. It's demonic. I was, I was, I'm for reals, man. I was blessed one day to be able to kill one. <laughs> Sam got him enough to get him down. And you've heard the saying, they play possum. I made sure there was no way he could play possum. I grabbed a broom and beat him Till I knew there was no way he was playing possum. Somebody remind me why, okay, I'm trying to remember why I just said that. I'm leaving the house the other day, it might have been the day of discipleship. Early in the morning, pitch dark, I'm going down the dirt road and I see a possum in the road. And he just runs over into the little bush and goes, I saw him, he just hid as I drove by. 
That's exactly what sin will do sometimes. Sin will just move over and that possum's going after something. And what do possums eat? Dead things. Sin wants you dead. And when you're not walking in the life of Christ, you smell like death. And when you smell like death, they come after you. And they say, we can, now we can get them. How many want to walk in life? And life more abundantly. Amen? So we got to make godly decisions every single day and not allow that, that sin to be waiting for us because it's never, listen, the devil's never going to stop. He's never going to rest. The Bible tells us, Dwayne was mentioning Revelation tonight. How many know that we read the end of the book? He's never going to stop. Matter of fact, he's actually going to be locked up for a thousand years and come back out again and keep on going. He will not stop until he's thrown into that fire, lake of fire, and he'll still be the devil. And if God would let him back out again, he'd come back out again, and he'd keep on keeping on. That's why I say that possums are demonic, or lots of animals in the animal kingdom. Just like you can see beautiful things that look like God, there's some animals that look like the devil. And bugs. I mean, no, cockroaches and mosquitoes and 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 mice and rats and all those things are of the devil amen we see it in the animal kingdom and they don't die some of these insects and animals don't die it's the way the devil is he's going to keep coming after you until he wins or you win christ already won but we got to walk out that victory now, let me finish with this. God's Word, so how many with me tonight to understand that we have carnal thoughts? We have carnal minds. We, we have to deal with this every single day. We have to understand that my decisions every single day matter. But here's what God's Word does. How many know what filters do? Filters allow what's supposed to come through to go through and stops what's not supposed to go through. God's Word is a filter for your mind. God's Word is a filter for your mind. When you are reading the Bible, what's supposed to come in, goes in. And what's not supposed to go in, gets filtered out. Listen to what Psalms 119 says. Verse 105, Your Word is a lamp to my feet, and a light to my path. When you're reading the word, it's, it's lighting up. We live in a dark world. It's lighting up where you're supposed to walk. If you're not reading the word, where's your lamp? If you're not reading the word, where's the light? You can't see. You don't know where you are. You make bad decisions. We need light. Now, in the last, as I begin to close, in the, in the practical things we've been talking about for the last couple weeks, the practical things... I want you to think about this tonight, about the family matters. And you think about the consequences of your decisions. I'm just going to throw out some ideas. These are just some things that I was typing and I thought about. What consequences for your kids and your family are going to come down the road from you not making church a priority? We say, we're here, Pastor, it's Wednesday night. I'm just saying, and keep it up. 
Because unfortunately, I know a lot of people who've been here on Wednesday nights and they're not here now. What consequences happen? And I'm going to get to this in a second. How many are still here? What consequences come from you watching things you shouldn't watch? Not in the moment. What consequences come from you listening to music that doesn't glorify God? Not in the moment. As I was praying today, the word, two words came into my spirit very strong. One is compromise, and the other one was double standard. I know that's two words, but it's one, one phrase. Okay? Write those down. Compromise, double standard. Here's what double standard means. And by the way, compromising is the worst decision you can make. Because you're basically, not on purpose, but you're basically saying, God, your word doesn't work. Or I don't agree totally. That's what we do when we compromise. It's not, it's not, it's not totally true, God. Now listen to this. Here's the definition of a double standard. And I want you to think about this, especially for parents. I've been picking on the teens a lot. This is a set of principles that applies differently and usually more strictly to one group of people or circumstances than to another. So that's the whole do as I say, parents, not as I do. You tell them, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, but you do it. It's a double standard. Come on, I'm not, I, just because I said I heard in the Spirit doesn't mean it's talking to you. Amen, it's the truth. We, we have to be careful not to, to be saying something and doing it ourselves or holding somebody else to a standard we don't hold. I mean, no, the church is the standard. The church is supposed to be the standard. And today we know the Bible is what the Bible is, but today the church isn't holding up to the standard of God. It's preaching it, but it's not living it. That's why a lot of people aren't wanting to go to church because they see a double standard in people. Now we pray and hope that that's not the case here. But they see somebody at church on Sunday and then they see that person during the week and how many know nowadays it's not hard to see people during the week because you see their social media. And, and as I've said before, some people tend to think that people care how many times you went to the bathroom or whether or not you're depressed or, or if you're hungry or I mean sometimes we just put stuff on there that who cares oh got quiet right there so double standard goes to this the Bible talks about a double mind which is unstable and wavering if you are double minded and unstable and wavering in your decisions you're not going to make good decisions so this week you make good decisions and the next week, you make that bad decisions. And then the next week after that, you make bad decisions. And the next week after that, you make some good ones. And it's just a teeter-totter. And people wonder why they're not walking in victory. Listen to this. this is, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it tonight to concrete it in. Here's a nugget. Make a good decision. Follow it up with another good decision. And after that good decision, make another good decision. And then say, you know what? I'm not going to ruin this streak. I'm going to make another good decision. And just keep doing the right thing over and over again. And watch what God does. And then watch this. When 
you make a bad decision, follow the bad decision up with another bad decision. No. Follow the bad decision up with a good decision. And then another good decision. And then another. So in other words, you erase that bad decision. We all make bad decisions. We make bad choices. Sometimes we make them hastily. Sometimes we make them because we haven't been with the Lord. We make them because we're feeling a certain way. We make them because we're, we're, we're going through things. And so we make a bad decision. You fix it by a good decision. I mean, you can fix bad decisions with good decisions. And I think that might be one of the biggest lies of the devil today is that when people mess up, the devil tells them, you already messed up. You might as well go all the way in. Instead of realizing that they can repent. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, as the musicians are here, says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You've got to trust this thing. You've got to trust this manual. With all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways. And this means in all your decisions. In all your decisions. Acknowledge him. Lord, what do you think about this? Lord, should I do this? Lord, should I not do this? Acknowledge him. And he shall. Not he maybe. He shall direct your paths. And then the last thing is, well, how do I know for sure I'm making the right decision? Has anybody ever heard the word peace? Peace. Peace. When I make the right decision, peace comes. How many have ever made a decision you didn't have peace about? You know why you didn't have peace about it? Because it's the wrong decision. There's no other way around it. And you know what we do? We justify and we twist and we, we well, what about this? Or, and, but if you don't feel peace, it's the wrong decision. But when you feel peace, you know, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. How many have made some tough decisions, but you had peace about it? Tough decisions. But peace came on you. No matter how tough the decision was, no matter how tough the consequences are of the decision, because a lot of times good decisions have tough or difficult consequences. On the earth, it'll all work out in heaven. But here's what Colossians 3.15 says, and we'll pray. Let the peace of God rule. What's the, what's the rule of thumb for my decisions? Peace. Don't talk yourself out of a good decision or a bad decision by what you want. Make it based on the rule of peace. And the peace of God rule your hearts, which also you were called to one body, and be thankful. So I said, let that peace rule your decisions. Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the, the, the opportunity tonight to make godly, holy, and righteous decisions. Oh, every day we're faced with lots of decisions. Some are big, some are small. Some are life-changing, some are not. Some seem like they are, some seem like they aren't. But God, the truth is every decision is important. Every single decision matters. Every Wednesday and every Sunday, there are people who are, are at or not at church because of decisions. 
every Sunday, every Wednesday, every morning. If we were to take the hundreds of people that come to this church and know what's the percentage today of the people who prayed and the people who didn't, every single day there's a percentage of people who make the wrong decision to start their day off without God. And Lord, that's just the truth. It's a wrong decision. We've got to start our day off in your presence. And when we start it off right, we'll end right. Because we've asked you to search our hearts. We've asked you to know our hearts. We've asked you to come in and look and find any little thing that could be a problem for my day. And once I've prayed and once I've dealt with the sin nature, then I know I can make decisions that day that are going to bring me peace. Lord, that's my prayer tonight for our church. That's my prayer during this Christmas season as we get around other family members, as we are dealing with social media, as we're making decisions, God. Is this affecting my life? Is this a danger in my life? Is this something I've got to be careful of? If it's not social media, whatever it is, Lord, help us to not allow the sin nature and temptation to birth and conceive sin. Help us to overcome it by confession. I'm saying, Lord, I'm sorry for that mistake. I'm sorry for that bad decision. Forgive me for it. And the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Tonight, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place, maybe you're here tonight and it's your first time here. Maybe you're here tonight and you've been here a thousand times. Have you made the decision to believe on Jesus? Have you made the decision to say, God, I'm going to allow the knocking of your hand on my heart to say, yes, I accept what you did for me on the cross. I believe it and I accept it for my salvation because your word says, if we believe in you, you we are saved. Call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. How many tonight as with honest hearts could say, Pastor, before we leave, I'm not saved. Just lift your hand up. I'm not saved tonight. Just put it up and put it down. I'm not ready to meet Jesus. I'm not ready to go to heaven. I don't know what would happen tonight if I died. Just put it up. I want to pray for you. We'll give it those online in a moment here an opportunity, those listening on the podcast. Maybe you're here tonight and you at some point in your life, you made that great decision. But since you made that great decision, you've been making bad ones. You've been allowing sin and the sin nature to win that daily battle. And now you find yourself in a place of danger. You find yourself in a place that you've isolated yourself. You find yourself in a place where you are making bad decisions. And by the grace of God, you're here. Or by the grace of God, you're still alive. But you're playing Russian roulette with your eternity. Because you don't know at what point that grace and that mercy is going to end. And so you say, Lord, tonight I'm, I'm coming back. I'm going to follow up these bad decisions with some good ones. It starts with repentance. If, you, if that's you tonight, you come to this altar and you talk to God. If you're at your home, you're in your car, you're watching this tonight, and that's the Holy Spirit knocking on the door of your heart, and He's saying, listen, I know you and you know me, but you're playing games, and I need you to deal with some things. Listen to His voice. Listen to His voice. There's nothing greater than sleeping at night in peace. Let's stand tonight. Let's find a place tonight to pray. I want to challenge you tonight. Deal with some things. Make some decisions. Maybe, maybe your decisions tonight needs to be tomorrow morning. 
I don't care how I feel. I don't care how tired I am. I'm going to get up and pray. I'm going to win this decision battle. At the end of the day, we're all responsible for the decisions we make. We can start it off right. We can get it right with God. Just, just come and find a place. Just come and talk to God. Every, Just remember, every decision matters. Even the little ones that don't seem like they're a big deal, they matter because the little ones lead to big ones. Every decision matters. As we sing tonight, the Holy Spirit is here. I can feel Him. I can feel His presence. I can feel His love. I can feel His, His Spirit dealing with people tonight. If there's sin in your life, deal with it. If there's doubt, deal with it. Whatever it is you're dealing with, just deal with it tonight.